thank you, Lord. Would you believe the word of the Lord this morning? If he said it, uh, it is done. Uh, hallelujah, hallelujah. God, we magnify you. Uh, we love you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, we entertain that presence here today. God, we magnify you. We exalt you, Lord. You are worthy of all the honor, all the praise today. Jesus, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. One last time, can we raise our hands all across this place? Hallelujah. Raise your hands. Lift your voices to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we magnify you. God, you're an awesome God. You're a mighty God. You are holy and righteous. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a sweet presence of the Holy Ghost manifest in this place today. Why don't you just reach out and touch the Lord? Hallelujah. Why don't you just reach out and get in tune with Him right now? Hallelujah. We're not in a hurry this morning. Jesus, I need you. God, I need you today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It is good to be amongst God's people this morning. It's such an exciting thing to come together and worship the Lord together. Amen. I look forward to it every Sunday, every Wednesday. I come expecting God um, to do great things. I believe that he's working even right now amongst our families, amongst our children. I believe God is doing things right now amongst us. Amen. God is so good. If he's been good to you, why don't you just clap your hands to the Lord this morning. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. It's good to have everybody with us this morning. Uh, Brother Gabe did an excellent job in the first service talking about fear is a liar. Man, that was a good word. If you weren't here, you should have been. If you were a Sunday school teacher, go back and listen to that message. It was just a good message about what fear can do. I was, as he was talking this morning, you know, fear is a real thing, and it does paralyze, does cripple. It, it really does stop us, and it can hold us back from what God wants us to do. It's a real thing. And I was, I was thinking the other day, I, I do in-home sales, and there are many times that uh, the customers have have dogs. They have big dogs a lot of times. And most people will lock them up or put them downstairs or what have you. And uh, the truth of it is, is when I was a young child, 
I uh, got bit by a dog and it latched onto my ankle. And ever since then, when I get around a bigger dog, or even just a little feisty one even, there's something in me, I just, I, I begin to get anxious. My heart begins to beat harder and I literally, I know that the dogs can sense that and then they get more excited, right? So I literally have, like when I, I, there's been times where I pull into a farmyard and between my pickup and the house, there's a dog. And I'm like, Lord, help me. And I just have to calm myself down. I literally have to take some deep breaths because I have a fear of getting bit by a dog. It's a real thing. Amen. And uh, he was talking about, you know, the enemy, Satan, as a, as a roaring lion. And God wants us to walk in faith. He doesn't want us to live in fear anymore. And we can say to that dog or we can say to that roaring lion, get behind thee, Satan. And we can trust God as our protector. Amen. So there are things that have happened to us, like, like Brother Gabe said this morning, from past experiences that really do affect us going forward. It's just the truth. But God, in faith, through faith, amen, wants us to move forward and conquer these things. I, we, I even tried getting a dog, and that still didn't conquer my fear of dogs. I went over to the Lara's the other day. They have a little poppy now, and that she's, she's a maniac dog. And I think... <laughs> I know there's no regrets getting rid of that dog. And that dog started going nuts and started kind of trying to bite me. And I got, even then, I'm like, I still have, and this dog lived in my house for a couple of years. But God wants us to, to push forward in faith. Great word this morning. God is good, amen. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 18 and just remember to keep all, keep everybody in your prayers. There's just a lot of sickness going around. I think uh, Brother Chuppy even went to the hospital this morning. He's been um, struggling with uh, keeping stuff down and maybe possibly dehydrated. So let's just pray for, for all those that are sick. It just seems like we're in the middle of summer and we, should, we shouldn't be sick right now. But uh, it is what it is and, and God's going to get us through it. Isaiah chapter 1 in verse 18, it says, Come now and let us reason together saith the Lord. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. It says, Through your, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. And though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Amen. I want to preach to you for a short time this morning. This is going to be a fairly short message. I want to preach, on to, preach to you, stain free. Stain free. Amen. Aren't you thankful for a God who can make us stain free? Amen. You can be seated today. I don't know if anybody has ever had a stain anywhere where they didn't want a stain. I don't know if there's anybody here can remember a time where you tipped over that Kool-Aid on mom's carpet and you're like in panic mode on getting that Kool-Aid out of that carpet as quick as you can. And, 
And there's been times where I, I personally, I, I drink coffee in the morning and there's hardly a day that goes by that I do not spill my coffee. It's just like you, you come into my pickup and it smells like old coffee. Because there's coffee in the cracks, there's coffee on the floor mat, there's usually coffee in my lap. And there's things, there's times in life where we spill things and there's stains. I remember, I wasn't here, I didn't witness this, but I heard about it that Brother Ben Simons, like an hour before his wedding, he got hungry, right? That's, that's what Ben would do. He'd go through the McDonald's line and he literally spilt ketchup on his tuxedo an hour before his wedding. That's a pretty untimely stain. And ketchup on a white shirt. Now, you can't even shout that out. It's there. It's there for good. And if you're, if you're uh, unless you're like my 12-year-old son, uh, no one likes stain on their clothing. Chandler, it seems like it doesn't bother him. It seems like his clothing is meant for wiping up other things, so something else could be clean and not his clothes. But if you're, unless you're like him, no one really likes a stain anywhere. We just bought a house that was, is 30 years old, and it has, it has literally white carpet in two of the rooms. And this carpet looks almost brand new. I'm like, how in the... There's actually more stains after two weeks of living there than there was from the 30 years of the prior owner. And I'm like, how in the world did they do that? They, and I've heard stories where... Um, my, my wife's aunt, Deb, she just wouldn't let anybody go in there. So there was no way it could be stained. But no one likes a stain anywhere. No one likes a, a blueberry stain on a white shirt or, or grease on a new pair of jeans. Um, and, and these stains that we're talking about that you can't get out are, and are, are kind of in a nuisance are much like the stains of sin. They go deep into the fabric. They go deep into your soul and they really do affect everything about you and everything you do. And the stains have not only dirtied your robe, but they have polluted your mind. I'm talking about the stains of sin. And the stains have not, they have not only compromised your garments, but they have contaminated your heart. This is the result of of sin, the stains of sin in your life. They are deep and they are heavy. And we've all had this in our lives at one point in time. You can't get them out with your own willpower. Not enough scrubbing, not enough of your own good works removes the stains. You can scrub and you can scrub and it, it appears that they are gone with, the, with whatever scrub. You ever scrubbed a stain with some water or whatever and it's like, oh man, I think I got it out. And then moments later when the water begins to dry, the stain reappears. Nothing that we do, not any good works that we have inside of us can remove the, st- the, the, the stain of sin. No matter how hard you try to cover them up, they remain. They're there. You try to cover them up with other garments. You put an overshirt on, right? There's some white shirts, undershirts that I have 
that have stains on them and you can't see them because I have a shirt over a shirt. So we try to cover them up with other garments. But at the end of the day, you are reminded that those stains are still there. You cover them up temporarily, but the stains still exist. You cover them up for a time, but the time always runs out. And the stains of sin remain. And our, we look at our world today and even our country, and it seems that our culture is very tainted and very stained by the stain of sin. Our country isn't dealing with a political problem. It's not dealing with a racial problem. It's not dealing with an economic problem. It's dealing with a sin problem. We see the stains of sin everywhere we go. And in every issue, the source of it, in every stain, the source of it is sin. It's a lack of God. It's a rebellion against the things of God. We, we read in Scripture of, of being warned of maybe even days that we're living in today. Paul and Timothy says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, they're boasting, they're proud, they're blasphemers, they're disobedient to parents and unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, and despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. And I believe that this is describing our culture today, stained by sin. It says, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. We jump down to verse 13, but evil men and seducers show wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. I believe that our, this represents our culture today, re, represents our country and, and even our world that is stained by sin. Sin is truly running rampant. It's deep. Its effects are obvious. We don't have to go too far. We don't have to look too long to see the stains of sin. The effects of drugs and alcohol are everywhere. The other day, Chandler and I were driving just down Main Street, and, and I, I'm not judging, I'm just, it's just the fact that there was somebody on the street corner, and, and uh, you could see the effects of drugs and alcohol on their life. And I told Chandler, this is what happens when you give your life to sin. And really the only difference between me, I'm not better than this person. The only difference between, between me and that person is Jesus. That's the only thing that's different. But we see the effects of sin everywhere we, everywhere we go. Some are, are more in your face than others. Some are more obvious than others, but it's everywhere. Rebellion and complete disregard for authority 
is everywhere. There's a lack of respect for authority. We see it in the schools. We see this thing against policemen. We see it in homes where children don't respect their their mothers and they don't respect their fathers. And unfortunately, we even see in churches where there's a lack of respect for authority. American pride is at its height and we have less to be proud of than ever before. Divorce rate is over 50%. Broken homes, fatherless little boys, motherless little girls is normal in our culture today. Physical, mental, and sexual abuse seem to be common. And I'm not that old, but it, did, it wasn't really like this when I was a kid, or at least I didn't hear about it But these sort of things are everywhere, talked about all the time. They're on the news articles where we read them of these stories of of abuse all the time. And no wonder our country is having a mental health crisis. Our mental health crisis isn't a mental health crisis. It's a sin problem. It's the effects and the stains of sin. This is the core of it all. Hear me this morning. Nothing this world offers can remove sin. Nothing this world offers can remove the stains of sin on a soul. A pill can't remove the stain of sin. A psychiatrist can't remove the stain of sin. The world does not have an answer for sin of sin problem. And hear me today, I'm not against counseling and I'm not against medicine, but I know a God, amen, who is the great physician and he's the counselor of all counselors. His name is Jesus Christ. Amen. And he came to take away sin. He came to remove the stains of sin. The world, the enemy, wants you to believe that you can somehow keep the stain of sin and be okay. The world wants you to believe that you have a disease or a medical condition or that you were born that way. And you can't help it. Brother Walters said one time that when he was growing up, there were no alcoholics. There was just a bunch of drunks. Because alcoholism isn't a disease. It's a sin. It's the effects of sin. And I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not sharpshooting anybody this morning, but the Bible calls drunkenness a sin. And it's something, even if you have a tendency, and I believe, don't get me wrong, I believe that the circumstances in which you grew up in and and all these sort of things can affect your life. But it's all the effects of sin. I believe the the way in which you were raised and if you were raised around alcohol and you became uh, a drunk, uh, um, that's the effect of sin. But Jesus came. So you wouldn't have to live the rest of your life like that so that you could be freed from sin and he could wash away all the stains of sin 
in your life. And this lie that the world tells us, and it's becoming every, it's, be, it's becoming so common that to me even normal people are believing this lie, this ploy by the enemy that you can just accept the stain in your life and as normal, that you will never get rid of that. You were raised that way. You can accept it as something that you were born with and you can't do anything about it. That is a lie from the pit of hell. God did not come to this earth and manifest himself in flesh and and die of a Roman crucifixion on a cross and be buried for three days and rise again so that you could live with your sin. That's not why he did it. But he did it so that you could be freed from your sin, so that all your sins could be washed away. He came to take away your sin and all the stains that come along with it. He came so that you could be washed white as snow, without blemish and without spot. That's why he came. Matthew 1 and 21 says it like this, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Amen. That's why we get excited about the name of Jesus. That's why we get excited about the blood of Christ. That's why we get excited about Calvary and the Holy Ghost and the death and the burial and the resurrection, because he came so that you could be removed from your sins or your sins removed from you. That was his purpose. Romans 6 and 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The results of sin and the stains of sin is death, but he came to wash it away, amen, so that we could have eternal life. How? Through Jesus Christ. Christ. There's no other way. There's no cheat code. Okay? There's no back door. There's no secret trespassing. There's nothing. There's no alternative to this. Nothing the world can offer. There's nothing we can do. It's only through Jesus Christ that your sin problem can be taken care of. The answer to your sin problem is it's not OxyClean, okay? It's not shouted out. It's not any sort of stain remover that's made by man. It's not anything that comes in the form of a cover-up from the world. And the world has a lot of options. There's a lot of things the world offers that, that, that would like to get you to believe that this is your solution to your sin problem. This is the solution to your lack of peace. That this is the solution to your lack of joy. And this is the solution to your depression and your anxiety and these things that you deal with. But I'm here to tell you there's only one answer. And it's Jesus Christ. It's the blood of the Lamb. It's the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ our Lord. 1 John 3 and 4 says, Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. And ye know that he was manifested to take away your sins. 
That was his purpose, to take away your sins. And in him is no sin. John 1 and 29 says, The next day John, he seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith unto him, Behold the Lamb of God, amen, which taketh away the sin of the world. This is God's purpose, This was his purpose in manifesting himself in flesh. This was his purpose to take care of all the stains of sin in your life. Somebody say, Jesus is the answer. The power of sin, the shame of sin, the guilt of sin, the domination of sin, the terror of sin, the pain of sin can all be taken away in Jesus. This is a simple message this morning, but it's something that we've got to remember. Okay, we cannot, we cannot go to the world for our problems when, when the answer is right in front of us. So how do I get rid of the sin stains in my life? We understand that the first step And coming to God is just believing that he is. Believing that he is the God of the heavens and the earth. Believing that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Okay, And and we understand that when you believe that he is God, when they uh, in Acts 2, when they believed that Jesus was the Messiah, they said they were pricked in their heart and they they asked, "What, what should we do? And they repented of their sins. They repented of the the direction that their life was taking, and they just turned to God, simply just turned to God. And in 1 Peter 3 and 18, it says, For Christ also hath one suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometime were disobedient when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was a preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. And so Peter was likening Noah and, and the flood to, to New Testament salvation. He said, The like figure, whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I'm here to tell you, if you want your sins washed away today, you can do it through the waters of baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. When you go down into the waters and his name is applied to your life and his blood is applied, he washes all your sins away. And when he washes all your sins away, there's something great that happens. One is you become stain-free. Amen. When you become stain-free, you can have a good conscience towards God. Amen. You can be like, there's nothing in my past hindering me anymore. God, you washed it all the way. And I believe that God, he, he chooses to forget your past. That he just washes it all the way. And all he's looking at is your future now. I don't know if anybody here has been ever, ever been free from a debt. Like you get, go pay off your car or you... You pay off that credit card bill and, and you get done paying that off and you're just like, yes. Amen. I don't have to worry about that payment no more. 
I don't have to worry about that obligation anymore. Amen. That's the same as sin is you, 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 were, uh, you, were, uh, you were sinning and you, were, you had this burden hanging on to you. And you had this baggage that you were carrying and God washed it all away. And you just let that baggage flow away in the waters of baptism and, and you're free from that sin. Same goes as when you, when you, I don't know if anybody's ever had any people problems in their lives. I have people problems every now and then. But you, you wronged somebody. You mistreated somebody. The Lord convicted you. You asked them to forgive you. And there's a freedom that comes from that. There's a good conscience that comes from being free of wrongdoing in your past. And God wants to wash away those stains in your life today. Amen. We read in Romans 6, it says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Paul said, God forbid. He said, absolutely not. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? And he was talking about they were saved. They were, they were sanctified. They were dead to sin. How would we continue in sin if we're dead to sin? He says, didn't you know? That so many of, uh, we were baptized in, into Jesus Christ, we're baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. That, like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So, so Paul was likening us being buried in the waters of baptism to Christ being buried in that old man dying and our sins being washed away. Those sin stains. Of course, we know Acts 2.38, when those people asked Peter, you know, what, what should we do? They were pricked in their heart. They knew that they had crucified Jesus. They, they recognized him as the Messiah. Men and brethren, what shall we do? And, and Peter spoke up, as Peter was good at doing. He said, repent of your sins. Turn away from your sins and be baptized, every one of you. How in the name of Jesus Christ. There's only one name under heaven given among men. Amen. Whereby we must be saved. The name is Jesus Christ. He says, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. For the forgiveness of sins. For the washing away of the, those old stains. Amen. I'm thankful that God washed away those old stains in my life. And if you've never been baptized today, you ought not to leave here without being baptized in Jesus' name. And if you've messed up today, that blood can be reapplied to your life. Amen. If you've, if you've been baptized, you've messed up, you've sinned, you can say, God, God, would you just apply that blood to my life? I need, a, I need a washing. God, I'm sorry for my sins. And he's faithful and he's just to forgive. Brother Gabe said this morning that he's rich in mercy. And then after that, God calls us to a life of holiness through the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's one thing to have your stains all washed away, but we have to stay 
staying free. Can I get an amen? It's not just a one-time washing. But we need to walk in a way that our life would be stain free. And the great thing about that is stain resistance. Is there anything that's really stain resistance? You buy something that says, what does it say, stain resistant? Is that the wordage? Or you buy something that says maintenance free? Well, nothing's maintenance free. And there's probably nothing that is stain resistant. But stain resistance comes through the power of the Holy Ghost. And that's why we get excited about the blood and we get excited about the Holy Ghost. Because he can wash away our sins and then he can help us stay stain free. God's spirit living inside of us, it literally changes uh, it changes our desires, it changes our mindset, it changes the ways in which we see things. I remember when I got the Holy Ghost, I was 12 years old, I had been seeking God, I had been baptized in Jesus' name, I had a lot of worldliness in me. I was literally just one of those punk kids that had an attitude and didn't have a problem talking back. That was me. But when I got the Holy Ghost... I remember just something inside of me changing. And I would find myself doing things that I used to do and, fe- and feeling very uncomfortable doing them. I found myself talking the way I used to talk and God saying, I don't want you to talk that way no more. I, I found myself walking the old walk and God saying, I don't want you to walk that walk no more. And there was just something going on up here. And, and I, at the time, I didn't really realize what it was, but it was the Holy Ghost. It was the Spirit of God inside of me leading me and guiding me into to a new life, to a new destination. So here today, we, we've got to learn not to quench the Spirit. God, God has, if you've received the Holy Ghost and you've been baptized, he's trying to keep you stain free. But sometimes we just kind of cancel out the noise or the voice of the Holy Ghost. And we listen to the, to the voices of the enemy. But church, we've got to hear the voice of God. And when God speaks and he's saying, hey, I don't really want you to waste time doing this anymore. Let's learn to yield to the Holy Ghost. Hey, I don't want you watching this sort of YouTube channel anymore. Boy, this isn't holy. Those those thoughts don't come from the devil. Okay? Those video games. Every time I mention video games, I feel like Brother Simon's. He He mentions it all the time. Actually, Ben even mentioned it in his devotions at camp. Like those video games, you know, you walking around killing people, wasting hours and hours. Hey, when, you, when, you, when you're playing those and God's saying, I think I have better use of your time, that's not the devil talking to you. That's the Holy Ghost. That's God. I mean, when you're at work and you're involved in that conversation and God's saying, hey, I, I don't want you to be a part of these sort of conversations anymore. That's the Holy Ghost trying to lead you, trying to keep you 
staying free. But God, like, like we say, God's a gentleman. He won't force himself on. You still have your own free will. That's why it's so important that we walk in the spirit. And we don't walk in the flesh. Because he's washed away our sins. And he wants to keep us staying free. We read in, in Romans 8, to, Paul talks a lot about walking in the spirit and being carnally minded and so, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity against God for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So, so they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you're in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God dwells in you. Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he says he is none of his. He says, you, Paul was saying you need the Holy Ghost. If you're gonna if you're gonna live for God successfully, you need the Spirit of God living inside of you. You need it active in your life. And I, you know, receiving the Holy Ghost for the very first time is an awesome experience, and we make a big deal about it. But there, it's a bigger deal. Amen. To have that Holy Ghost continue to work in your life, that Holy Ghost has to continue to abide in you. And we've got to let it change us. We've got to let it change our thinking, change the way we talk, change the way we walk. Because the whole purpose of receiving the Holy Ghost isn't to speak in tongues for the very first time. Okay? Now, I believe that when you receive the Holy Ghost, the evidence of it will be that you will speak in tongues. Because all through Scripture, anytime anybody ever received the Holy Ghost in Acts 2, in Acts 8, in Acts 10, Acts 19, Acts 22, every single time in the beginning of the New Testament church when they received the Holy Ghost, they spoke with tongues. But we are not a church that is seeking speaking in tongues. We're seeking the Holy Ghost. Amen? We're seeking God living inside of us because he washed away our sins and I want to remain stain free. Amen? I want God abiding in me and working and changing me and, and helping me to turn away from sin. And God will give you the power that you need to live a life of holiness and separation unto him and, and being separate from the world. The Bible talks about the armor of God. When you receive the Holy Ghost, God puts a layer of protection on you. Talking about being stain-free, stain-resistance. In Ephesians 6, he says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. The armor of God comes through the blood of the Lamb and it comes through the, the power of the Holy Ghost. It comes from Jesus Christ. It says that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore having your, loin, your loins girt with truth. We need truth in our lives. We need to know the truth of God and having on the breastplate of righteousness. We need to live righteously. We need to, we need to live holy before our God. He says, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We ought to be telling people about the gospel. We ought to be going to and fro preaching the gospel message. He says, above all, 
taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Amen. The Holy Ghost will put an armor. He'll give you the tools that you need to be stain resistant. And it's through the power of the Holy Ghost. So Jesus said, he said, come now. Come now. Let us reason together. That's an interesting beckon, if you will. He says, come now. Jesus doesn't like waiting until later. When it comes to washing away your sins, when it comes to making your life right, when it comes to salvation, receiving the Holy Ghost, when it comes to repentance, Jesus doesn't like to wait till tomorrow. He says, today is the day of salvation. So he says here in Isaiah, come now. He said, let us reason together. That's an interesting thing. I'm like, God, I don't know if there's any reasoning to do. If you want to wash away my sins, I want to let you. But he said, let's talk about this. Come now, let us reason together. Let's discuss what I want to do in your life. And if you ask me, I'm like, God, I'm not going to argue against this. God, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm sorry for the rebellion in my heart. I'm sorry for the pride and the ego that I deal with every single day. God, I don't need to argue against you, God. If you said it, I believe it. And if you want to, to, my sins to be as scarlet and they'll be as white as snow and they'd be like crimson that they will be as, well, God, I want to let you wash away my sins. <laughs> Amen. I want to be stained free before God. God's looking for a church that is without blemish and without spot. He's looking for a church that has lived a life that has overcome sin. And there are some, there are some things that we deal with, and, and I don't know everybody's story here today, but there's things that haunt us and there's things that keep coming back and God forgives us, but we never really completely get the victory over it. I'm here to tell somebody this morning that God wants you to have the victory over this stain that keeps reappearing in your life. And it only comes through the power of the Holy Ghost. It's not going to come through how good you are. It's not even going to come through how much you know. It's not going to come through who you know. But it's going to come through a, from a supernatural experience with God. Through the power of the Holy Ghost. You can be a conqueror over these things. There's some old songs that we should sing more. It says, Oh, I came to Jesus, so weary, worn, and sad. And he took my sins away. Amen. I came to Jesus, weary, worn, and sad. And he took my sins away. This load of sin was more than I could bear but he took my sins away. That's what God wants to do in your life today. He wants to take, he wants to permanently remove 
those stains in your life. And through the power of the Holy Ghost, you can become stain resistant. That old song says, when gloom, and this is the problem is we mess up. We don't know what to do, but it says, when gloom and sadness whisper. It says, you've sinned. There's no use to pray. <laughs> you've messed up too bad. There's no coming back. But when gloom and sadness whispers, you've sinned, no use to pray. It says, I look away to Jesus, and he tells me to say, I see a crimson stream of blood. Amen. And it flows from Calvary. Amen. It's waves which reach the portal. I don't know the rest of the words. Are sweeping over me. Amen. I, I, if I was brought... I've been listening to some messages by Brother Walters. If I was Brother Walters right now, I'd just start singing it. Amen. He was telling a story about him and Sister Pritchett, about how when Sister Pritchett learned to play the piano and Brother Walters was learning to sing, he said they, were, they would try to find each other's key and, and finally Sister Pritchett realized that it was somewhere between the cracks and the keyboard. And, uh, but uh, I love those old songs because when gloom and sadness whisper... You've sinned no use to pray. We can look away to Jesus. And he tells me to say that I can see a crimson stream of blood. Amen. And it flows from Calvary. Amen. Aren't you thankful for the blood of the Lamb? Aren't you thankful for what he did for you on Calvary? Let's stand in this place. I'll tell you what, if you are here today and you've been if you messed up, if you just need to be, make a recommitment to God, his blood is here today. His, that that life-changing power that's in the blood of the lamb, it's flowing in this place today. And God is faithful and he's just to forgive. Amen. And he'll forgive, he'll wash you white as snow. But, more, but as, it, as important as that is, we also need to have the power of the Holy Ghost living inside of us and that armor of God around us so that we can walk a Christian life with stain resistance. Amen. Come now, Jesus said. Let's reason together. He says, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. And though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. God is interested today in making old things new. He's interested today in taking brokenness and putting it back together. He's interested today. The Bible says that he delights in mercy. He cannot wait to forgive you. <laughs> he looks forward to forgive, forgiving you and washing away your sins more than you look forward to it. He loves it. So today these altars are open. And I wonder if we could just come recommit ourselves to God. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, if you've never received the Holy Ghost, if you need a, a refilling of the Holy Ghost today, God is here. Amen. Jesus, we love you. God, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy today. God, I pray that you would just have your hand upon this church. God, we thank you, Lord, for that blood 
God, that you shed for us on Calvary. God, that washes white as snow. God, I want to be stain-free before you today. God, give us the power that we need in our lives, the strength through the power of the Holy Ghost to be resistant from stain, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.